glad to be here this morning and to have the opportunity to talk to you. And as I said in the Sunday school class this morning, when you talk about the humility of a Paul, you know, there, there is a reason for Paul to be humble, even though God talked with him, because he realized where he had come from, that he was from a sinful background and that he was still sinful. And it's only people who understand that where they are in life is because of God's grace and not their doing that will help all of us to remain humble before God. What do you have that you were not given? Can you name one thing that you own that wasn't given to you by God above? He made it possible. So it really is quite ironic that when he asked us to return something to him, that he's asking for us to do it, remembering that he first gave it to us. And everything that he's given us at one time or another, we're going to have to release it and let it go. We're going to have to let it go back to the God who's, who gave it to us. And we don't need to lose sight along the way. So let me just encourage you to listen this morning for a little while as we talk more about the journeys of Paul. I started with 1 Kings 18, 20 through 22 because that is the chapter where the Bible talks about Elijah, the man of God, standing alone against 450 prophets of Baal. Standing by himself against 450 prophets. That's daunting to think about. Can you just imagine that you have been called upon to stand alone to face 450 other individuals on the other side of the field? Well, Paul has been that man as well. As we end chapter 27 of the book of Acts and enter chapter 28, we find that Paul has stood alone before Felix, Festus, Caiaphas, Agrippa, and soon Caesar in the city of Rome. Now, I know that people say there is strength in numbers, and I believe that. There is strength in numbers. But every crowd, I want to remind you, is made up of individuals who decided to join the crowd. There is no crowd without individuals who decide to join the crowd to form a crowd. So even though there is a crowd, every individual stood alone, hopefully, in making a decision to be a part of the crowd. We're gonna talk about the shelter and the safety that's found in crowds and why people like to be a member of a crowd. It's easy to kind of blend in in a crowd. But you have to be careful what the crowds you're blending in for is representing. As they march, what are they yelling? 
What are they saying? And is that something that you really need to be a part of? So the one thing that we've noticed that has been very, uh, very important to us as Christians, the one thing that we've noticed about Paul is that as he defended himself in all these different places and before different individuals, we don't hear a round of applause from his followers. So many times as Paul was defending himself, he was standing alone. And that's what we want to focus on today. We don't hear crowds applauding his every word. We don't hear anyone from the crowds yell out. I'll go to prison with Paul as he's defending himself or as he's preaching the gospel. You don't hear anybody in the crowd. The scriptures doesn't give us that, that there is somebody out there who's willing to stand with Paul and who shows it by saying, I'll go to prison with Paul. We don't find anybody saying, I believe that too, what Paul is preaching. I'm in the audience, and I believe exactly what Paul is saying. We don't find nobody saying that. Luke was busy writing, laugh out loud. Luke was a believer, and he was there accompanying Paul, but it was Luke's job to put down what they were experiencing. And that's why in the writing, Luke includes himself. Even though he's writing it, you'll remember oftentimes he'll say, we were. He speaks in the third person and, and, and includes himself, or in the first person rather, and includes himself. We were, not they were. We were being battered in the ship from place to place. We don't even hear anybody saying, preach Paul, while he's defending himself. So when you're talking about standing alone, you're talking about times when you take a stand and nobody is saying amen to the stand you're taking. The Bible says that when Elijah said to the people in 1 Kings, choose you this day whom you'll serve. If it be God, then let it be God. If it's Baal, then serve Baal. But you need to stop standing between these two decisions. And the Bible says, and the people said not a word. What that means is they're not ready to make a decision. They're not going to even honor the request to speak it. So <clears throat> as we go on today in our lesson, let's remember this. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 13 through 14 encourages us on this wise. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, what? Stand. Even when you are tired of standing, every one of us is going to be placed in a position where we have to stand and sometimes by ourselves. Listen. The ultimate test of discipleship is the ability and willpower to stand alone. I'm going to say that again. The ultimate test of discipleship is the ability and the willpower to stand by yourself. 
especially when defending the truth or your faith. Thank God that he has made it so because in standing alone, we get to practice standing alone because that's what we'll do in the judgment. Isn't that wise of God? Since every one of you, according to Romans 14, 12, each of us will stand before God and give an account of what we've done in this life. So knowing that we will stand by ourselves in judgment, the Lord sees to it that while we are in this life, there are times when we are called upon to stand by ourselves. We don't learn to stand by ourselves here. Then we'll go even into the judgment expecting some help from somebody else. But in the judgment, you'll be in a crowd, but you'll be judged by yourself. Every one of us is going to have to step away from the crowd when we're judged. So why not get used to stepping away from the crowd now? So then, each of us shall give account of what we've done in this life. Now, there are times when God allows and even expects us to walk alongside others to edify and encourage and to build them up. So it's all right to be in, in a group at times. It's all right to be a member of a congregation with members because we are encouraged to walk alongside each other. That's what the verse is talking about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, where the Bible says, Therefore comfort each other and edify one another just as you are doing. That is, walk beside one another and be a leaning post. Be an encouragement. Be an edifier for those who are members of the body. But though he allowed Paul and Barnabas and Paul and Silas and Paul and Luke to be travel companions for a time, each had his moment of aloneness where a decision had to be made that could only be made by them individually. Stay with me. During our Christian journey, folk, all of us have either been led or will be led to a point of aloneness. Can you identify with that? Have you ever had to stand alone in favor of or against something to stand by yourself? Aloneness now is not the same as the last man standing because there will always be many who are standing just not with you. We're not talking about the last man standing. We're talking, about, we're talking about there are times when we are meant to rely on one another and then God bless the fool who thinks he knows it all because we are meant to rely on each other but there's a time for all of us to step away. There are times even when we must stand alone because our stand is not based on where other people stand, but on truth as we understand it. 
There are those who will disagree with whatever decision is made because they believe that they've been sent by God to be the sole critics of every situation. I hope you're listening. There are times when you may find yourself in the wrong company. But that doesn't mean you have to do what they're doing. There comes, that comes rather as close as anything to an opportunity to show yourself to be a person who follows his own mind rather than the multitudes or the majority. If the Christian life demands anything of us, is that each of us make up our own mind. There are many examples of those who stood alone to make a point. The examples are all around us, both in our civil living, in our everyday living, and in the scriptures. Those of you old enough to remember will remember the young man who blocked the line of tanks in Beijing's Tiananmen Square. Any of you remember that? It was like 18, uh, 19, 18, 1989. <laughs> to some of us, that sounds like 1889. But it was back in 1989 when it, this hits the TV stations that a young man has stood in front of a line of tanks and had blocked that line of tapes, tanks, and the young woman who was caught between civilians and Chinese soldiers, and she watched this brave man as he stood in front of the lead tank. I can remember that like it were yesterday. They showed the square, and all around the square there were soldiers and civilians, and there's a tank there with one lone person standing in front of that tank. I said, man, what brave, this is in China. China is known to take you out for stuff like that. But here's this young man standing in front of that tank, standing as though he's daring them, while the world watches in suspended animation every hour. What, is he, what are they going to call? What will the call? Will Mao Zedong say, run over him? Or will we leave him alone? But because the eyes of the world were on that situation, they stood there and they didn't do anything to that young man. I don't know what they did to him after the fact. As a matter of fact, it's become a mystery. Nobody knows quite where he is or how he's living. But you best believe the Chinese government didn't take kindly to one individual standing in the way of what they wanted to do. And see, once he stood out there, they couldn't go and kidnap him in the midnight hour. He just disappeared off the face of the earth. They had to give him some legitimacy. And the fact that they had to give him some legitimacy made them angry. There are times, folks, when we're going to be called upon to stand alone, and that's the only way we're going to gain some legitimacy with those who know us to be able to stand alone. Not only that young man, as they protested the government. Elijah stood alone. 
in 1 Kings this morning. 450 prophets of Baal. And he stood there alone. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 6 were able to encourage each other as they were thrown into the furnace by saying to the king, listen to what they say, our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we need you to understand that we stand by what we said earlier, which is we don't serve your gods, and we will not worship the golden image. Regardless of what God decides to do. We know he can save us. But even if he decides not to. Understand this King Darius. We will not serve your God. And we will not worship this golden image. That you've built. Jesus stood alone. At his trial. Even though the disciples swore that they'd never leave him. In Matthew 26, 31 through 35, they swore, Lord, we'll never leave you. But when he was being tried, where were they? Nobody was saying, I'll stand with Jesus. Peter, who said, Lord, I'll never leave you. Peter wasn't to be found, except out there hanging out with the wrong crowd. When Jesus went to the garden to pray, he went alone. The Bible says he took the disciples so far with him, and then he told them, you stay here. Now, there is a period of aloneness that we all must experience. Whether we're praying or trying to make up our minds about what we're going to do as Christians, there is a time when either we have to go into our closet or we have to separate ourselves from the crowd and stand totally alone in the decisions that we make. Paul stood on Mars Hill in Athens alone as he spoke concerning Jesus whom they call the unknown God in Acts chapter 17, verses 16 through 34. There comes a time in our walk with the Lord that he leads us to a place where we must stand alone, whether with family, friends, spouses, co-workers, and even church members. You don't have to say amen, just listen. <laughs> Most people like to blend in and not stick out too far. But even they will come to a point where a decision must be made as to whether they will even make a decision. These are people who can never make up their own mind about anything. You ever been around somebody like that? You ask them what they want to eat, I don't know what you want to eat. What movie you want to go see, I don't know which one you want to go see. Do you have any inkling of making a decision for yourself? Where you want to go? I don't know where you want to go. And whatever you say, they, well, that's good. People who just let other folks, let me tell you something. If you don't have an opinion, there are some people who will give you one. 
If you don't control your own mind, somebody or something will control it for you. You gotta be careful. Some folk rent space in your head. They'll show enough rent some space in your head and then won't pay the rent. There are people who can never make up their own mind about anything. Paul, in his travels, and especially in this journey, never depended on what those traveling with him said. He didn't care anything about that. He was listening to the Lord. See, y'all talking all that yang-yang. Paul said, y'all talking loud and saying nothing. I'm going to have the real meeting tonight. And the Lord's going to tell me, what to do. He obeyed the Lord even when others didn't. I'm going to tell you something. When we were singing about resolution, only a person who is resolute. Now when you talk about somebody being resolute, you meant, you, you're talking about three things. An individual who is purposeful. That is one who does things on purpose. Not by accident. Not coincidentally. And then you're talking about somebody who needs to be determined that whatever they purpose to do, they are determined to see it through. And then there's a third thing called unwavering. Unwavering means you're not easily pulled away from the stand you've taken. So you got a purpose, and then you determine to do it, and then you're not easily pulled away from it. Now listen to this statement then in the light of that. Only a person who is resolute in what he believes and willing to pay the price for that resolve will stand alone. So you can define where you are in the light of that. Only a resolute individual who's willing to pay the price for the resolution will stand alone. If you were raised to be dependent, it's difficult to stand alone for anything because you've been taught to depend on other folk. And there is a process involved, as you know, from moving to dependence to independence. Some people never break out of it. Because they were raised dependent at 30 and 40 and 50 years old, they're still dependent. We have some folk in jail today who are in jail because they are dependent. They don't know how to live life on their own. That's why the recidivism rate is so high. People go to jail, get out, do something in 24 hours to go right back. And folks say, well, what in the world is wrong? They used to somebody telling them when to eat and when to sleep and what to wear and what to think. And they don't want the independence. They don't want the problems that come with independence. See, because once they put you out on the street, you got to fend for yourself. Now you got to feed yourself, clothe yourself, get some place to live. As long as you locked up, you don't have to worry about all that. You got you a cot and three hots. You got good conversation. You got TV. 
You can play cards, you can gamble a little bit, you can go and read a little bit in the library. There are some folks who don't want any more than that. They are addicted to being dependent. But that won't work with Christianity. Because with Christianity, you have to keep making stands for different things. And sometimes they know about standing, but you. And it's hard to look around and see everybody else standing, but over there. Without saying, Lord, all of them over there, so they must be right. So I'm going to go over here and join them. Oh, it takes a really strong, courageous person. Like a Paul to travel and to do all he did and through, through all of it. He never said, you know what, y'all don't support me. He wasn't concerned about them. He was concerned about what the Lord would have him to do. And I'm telling you this to say, there's coming a time, folks, if it hasn't already come, when you're going to have to take some stands for the Lord. It's not going to happen that you're going to keep being able to dart in and out in the crowd. And when a vote is taken, you ever been around people who when a vote is being taken, they wait till somebody else raised their hand to determine how they're going to vote? You ask a question and they say, well, shoot, I don't know. Let me see what brother so-and-so going to say. And if he eases his hand up, then I'm, I'm with that. I'm with that. But if nobody raises their hand, there's some people who will never vote because they don't have any direction. They don't know. How many of us are living in those kind of situations today, trying to please God, but somebody else calling the shots? As we move from the group to independence, there's a process. First, we must be willing to stand with a crowd. See, that's some folk who won't even stand with a crowd. And then we have to learn how to stand with a few. And then we have to learn how to stand alone. Paul said in Galatians chapter one, verse 16, he said, when he was converted, after the Lord approached him and appeared to him, he said immediately after, I did not confer with flesh and blood. I didn't go back and try to explain to anybody why I'd done what I did. I stood alone and I didn't want to talk to anybody else. I went out into Arabia and got prepared to take the word to the disciples. Let me ask you something as I move to our concluding. Are, are we willing to stand alone for anything? Have you ever had to stand alone for anything in your life? Has there been a time in your life when you had to stand alone in the company of others? Because see, some people saying, yeah, I stand alone when I'm listening to them talk shows. I be at home standing by myself. And I be telling them. Now I'm talking about have you had to stand alone in the company of others? Let me ask you this. How did you do? What was their reaction to you standing alone? Did you stick to your truth? 
me tell you why I'm asking you this. Some of you may remember this, this example. A merchant had a business, and his business was selling fish. And he had a sign up at his fish place that said, fresh fish for sale daily. After a while, people started coming in. First customer came in, bought some fish, and on his way out thought he'd give a little advice. He said, if I own this place, and I, if I were you, I, I wouldn't put that the fish is fresh. Because people just assume that if you're selling fish, it's fresh. You don't need that on the sign. It should just read, fish for sale daily. So as he left, the guy said, well, I guess that makes sense. So he went out there and scratched fresh off the... Next customer came in, bought some fish. He said, you know, let me give you this advice on my way out. You don't have to say that the fish is for sale. Folk know you ain't out here giving away no fish. Folk got common sense. They can, they can deduce that you out here with fish, you selling it. So you should take off for sale and just put fish daily. He scrubbed that up. Next customer came in, bought some fish, and on his way out, he said, you don't need daily on there. Everybody know that you out here daily. You don't have to tell nobody. Scrub that up. Now he just has a sign that says fish. Then the customer comes in and says, well, you don't need to announce that you're selling fish. Folk can smell it two blocks away. So here's an individual who really doesn't have a mind of his own. Who's taking everybody's suggestion about how he can fix his place. And if you don't have a mind of your own, folk will make you erase stuff out of your life and leave you with nothing. And the reason we buy that is because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. If you don't have a mind of your own, you are a sitting duck for some folk. Some of those folk live with you. Mm -hmm. They know that this. Some of those folk worship with you. Who will take you what tell you quick what to erase in your life. And you have to just tell some people you need to step off. Mm-hmm. Do you have the courage to tell folk that when they try to tell you what mind your business? It's not unchristian to tell somebody to mind their business. Take care of yours. Don't worry about mine. Because I'm capable of standing by myself. Because there's coming a time when I must stand by myself before God. When Jesus called the first disciples, he told them, 
that to be his disciples, they would have to stand alone in making a decision about the distribution of their love. This is the way he said it in Matthew 10, 37. Whoever loves mother, father, sister, brother more than me is not worthy of me. You know what that calls for you to do? Stand alone. Stand alone. The, the family has to understand that they cannot be number one with you if you serve God. Now, a lot of folk who bow their head to that and say, man, don't believe it no more than a man in the moon does. I hear people talk too much about my wife and my husband and my cousin. What they got to do with God? We got to stand for God for ourselves. Now, look, what Jesus is saying simply is, how can you love that which is given to you more than the one who gave it to you? How can you love your spouse? How, how can you walk around and tell me, oh, I love my wife so much, but do you realize who gave it to you? You didn't find her on your own. Your husband, you didn't find him on your own. God gave him to you. So how in the world is it that we fix our hearts to love what he gave us more than we love him? Because the same one who gave us can take it away, right? And will eventually show us who is in charge. The Lord is saying, if you don't understand that connection, you're not worthy of my time. That's what he's saying. You're not worthy of me. So we can't even get started on this journey until we stand alone. As I end, I want to say this to you. Where the providence of God is concerned, we need to come and hear the conclusion of the whole matter. God is intimately involved in our lives. Some call it karma, but I call it Jesus. Some call it fate, but I call it Jesus. Ruling. Some call it a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but I call it Jesus. Some call it what goes around comes around, but I've learned to call it Jesus. Some call it it bees that way sometimes. But I call it Jesus. Here's your lifeline. Will you grab hold? Somebody this morning needs to hear Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Or 28, yes, through 30. Where the Lord says, come unto me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Here's the lifeline. Come unto me, all you that are labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Here's the lifeline. And learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the lifeline. Will you grab it today or will you let it float on by you? Because if that is what you choose to do, 
then you will have lived this life and not learned that there's a time when you're going to have to stand alone. You have to turn husband's hand loose, the children's hand loose, the wife's hand loose, and go up there by yourself. You know, when you're in trial, when you're in court, they don't let you, your wife can be in the audience, but she can't be up there on the stand with you. When they questioning you, they questioning you. And they don't want to hear no hearsay. They want to hear what you know, what you witnessed. And there's always a time when we may sit out in the crowd during the trial, but when they call your name, you got to go up and testify for yourself. That's what's awaiting us after this life. Who knows how soon that will be for any of us, but that's where we are. If you decide that today is the day you will grab that lifeline, you just have to believe what you've heard. You've got to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he died that you might live. That he cared enough about us to die for us, to show us how much he loved us. You have to accept that. And if you choose not to, even the Lord gives you the right to be either hot or cold. He said, whatever you do, take a stand, though. Don't be lukewarm. Take a stand. If you're here today, the message is yours. If you need to respond, that time is now as we together stand and as we sing.